Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerberson, joined with Reed Bacon. We have a great one. We're talking about all of the coaching carousel. Every new coach that is out there, guys leaving one Power Five, going to another, DCs and OCs being upgraded to a head coaching position, what that means for everybody. Can they have success where they're at? Are they even going to be good coaches? We'll see, but we break it down. We talk to you about everything that they've done in the past and what they're looking at moving forward. So great podcast. Uh, let's jump into the it. Game. Snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score, Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins by Tennessee to one Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pitt. Touchdown on play number one. Okay, so before we jump into the podcast, got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. You got to go there to bet on any games. Listen, football, full swing. We're getting into bowl games. We're getting into college football playoffs. It's getting a later half of the NFL, you know, maybe some playoffs coming up basketballs in full swing, NBA, college basketball, now just starting up. To make all those games more exciting, you got to bet on them. Put some money down. It really gets the adrenaline going. So for stats, for odds, for spreads, everything that you need, betonline.ag is the place to go. Uh, Right now, they've just updated their um, desktop version of their website, so it looks brand new. So go there or on your mobile device, and when you sign up, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. If you use code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. So make sure and use that when you when you first sign up and you receive that 50% welcome bonus, which is just, hey, it's extra money. Why wouldn't you do it? Um, so head on over to uh, betonline.ag. It's, it's the best place to do any bets. Um, it's just the best sports book out there. So... Going okay, welcome in everybody. Super excited for another podcast. Um, like I said in the introduction, we're talking head coaches. Uh, but first and foremost, Reed, how are we doing, bud? I'm doing well, big Kyler. I'm doing really well. It's been a good weekend. Um, I'm back in the Chinese restaurant, aka Knoxville, Tennessee. Right. Um, yeah, it's been been a good weekend, just really relaxing. It really stunk not having multiple football games on yesterday i mean i i always really respect the army navy game i always watch it um but but i also like being able to wake up just know i have it from sun up to sundown basically um but i i this is not even believe in tennessee 
and we're really breaking down. This is believe in Josh Heupel because all we're talking about today is coaches. Um, we have waited to talk about all the coaching carousels. We have talked a little bit um, a couple pods ago about Lincoln and all that stuff. But I, at that time, the Brian Kelly news had not even dropped. I'm going to start this podcast with something that's very funny and very ironic. So I'm, and this is true. This is not for me joking, making up for the podcast or anything. Absolutely true. I'm driving to church today to Sacred Heart, and um, I'm thinking about our pod. I'm just, you know, I'm driving in the car. I'm thinking about the pod, and I'm thinking about all these coaches and, and, and kind of the point that I was going to make. And I said, you know, I don't think we get Josh Heupel if we don't have Danny White. And I said, so I think that was really the biggest hire for UT. And I think we've talked about that a little bit. Now, Danny could have come in and gotten somebody else or another, um, you know, another AD could have gotten the job and come in and, and brought in somebody in and maybe still brought Heupel in. I, you know, I don't know. But I'm like, dude, it was really Danny White, man. Like, I'm frustrated that he gave Rick Barnes an extension, but other than that, like, I love that he gave Tony V, Tony Vitella uh, one, and, you know, I love that he brought Heupel in, and I really think it was his connection with Heupel that, that got Heupel here, which I say all that to say, as everyone knows, we are really, really fortunate and blessed, and I think even when we talk today about all these coaches at some of these different schools, it's going to make you appreciate him a lot more, and I get it. It's only been one season. I always say it. I'm going to continue to trust what I see. And I'm not telling you he's, he's going to win a national championship here or he's ever going to win an SEC championship. From what I've seen, I think he can get us to the SEC championship, which if you get the SEC championship and have a chance to win it, you do have a chance in the playoff. But the fact that that video came out about him going down there and talking about one of his former players, Otis Anderson, which is terrible that – I just feel like there's been so many deaths in the in the sports world this year. Um, and him going down there and just seeming so real, it actually made me think back to when we first hired him. And in his opening presser, he thanked a lot of people at, 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 at UCF. And um, and um, how he how he talks about them and how he still would like make comments about some of those former players and same thing with Danny White. They were still very much like, Hey, we love Tennessee and we're excited to be here, but they were still talking about their time at UCF a lot. And it kind of was like a little weird at first, but now that I think about it, I'm like, no, that's how I would be. Like, that's kind of how I am. Like it was, it was, it was a huge opportunity for both of them really when you think about it, because Danny White's coming from Buffalo, like, Buffalo is just – like, UCF is definitely a big step up. And it was, like, his first, like, real test as an AD. And then Josh Heupel, same thing, like, first real test as a head coach. And it's like you remember your first <laughs> um, as you're going through it. What, agreed. And and I think I, – I think well, I think some don't. I think some of these coaches, it's all about where they can go next. They're all about themselves. I think a lot of these coaches are about themselves, whether it's ego, whether it's – and then they want to make money – and I'm not saying they don't want to win national championships, but it was so refreshing to not necessarily see that, but I'm glad that it reminded me of like, dude, this guy really is hopefully from what I can picture is he's really is about building relationships 
and going to a place and staying. And I feel like if he stays here for three or four years, I could see him honestly not necessarily leaving UT to go to another job. And and all that is makes me more it makes me thankful again for having him. But it also ties into what we're talking about today because like the landscape of college football since I've been growing up and watching it with you know middle school, high school, and then in college and seeing how it is, like, dude, coach, like the college football has changed completely. And it's not just because of the transfer portal and recruiting NILs. It's like, who would have ever thought that someone was leaving Notre Dame? Who's who would have thought that who who would have thought that like that Oregon had to go get a defensive coordinator from Georgia who's only like 35 years old. Like these programs that are that are hiring these certain people, I'm like, wow. Like, and we got Josh Heupel last year. Like, this is amazing. Like, and so anyways, I just want to say all that to say, I'm thinking about it and I know I'm very long winded on this, but I'll, I'll shut up here in a minute. I'm driving to, I'm driving to Sacred Heart to go to mass. And I'm thinking about this and I get in there and I'm sitting there in about, five minutes in like right as they're starting mass I look to my right and an usher is asking me like hey do you care to move down and there's a there's a family that's like hey do you care to move down I'm like oh hey how's it going like no no come on and I start scooting down and as I'm like kind of shimmying down the aisle I said like yeah come on and then I had to get up and move so I'm shimmying down and I look back and the guy's leaning in he's like hey thanks a lot I appreciate it and it was Danny White (laughs) and I was like and I was like that is so funny bro I was like did you ask him did you ask him to come on the pod no, 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 I did not. I did not. I did not. But it was really funny because when I first looked, I'm seeing the usher and I'm seeing this family out of my peripheral. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, like, it's fine. Come on. And so I scooted down. And the other lady that was already down there, she was like, yeah, come on. So we were scooting down. And then I, and then he, like, leans in. He's like, hey, thanks a lot. I was like, yeah, no problem. And then it just hit me. I was like, that's Danny White. And I'm like, that's so weird. I was just thinking about this man literally 10 minutes ago. And, and I go to Sacred Heart every Sunday if I'm in town and I have not seen him there before. Um, but it was just really funny that today, like, and then we're sitting in the aisle together. And of course I want to joke like, Hey man, I love what you're doing, but you got to let Rick Barnes go here after like a year or so. Cause this crap's I'm, I'm over this, you know, whatever. But anyways, I'm sorry for talking so long, but um, I want to let's, let's, if you don't have any feedback off that, we can jump right into some of these coaches and hit down the line. I, I yeah, I think, I wanted to say off of what you were saying, the landscape of college football and how much has changed. Like you would have never expected power five coaches to like leave the program they're at to go to another, like that is very much like doesn't happen. Like when Lane did that to us and like left Tennessee to go to USC, like it was like a, what the hell's going on? Like what, like that makes zero, like no one had ever seen it done before. And now we're having, Oregon leave for Miami, Notre Dame leave for LSU, Oklahoma leave for USC. I mean, just so many guys as head coaches leaving big programs to go to others. Um, so it's kind of insane to see that stuff. But yeah, I'm pissed you didn't you didn't even ask him a question or nothing, bro. I, I had you know I got more important things on my mind. I'm trying to get life. Just, I'm just, trying to get hey, life. just uh, uh, peace you with you. Thanks for what you did, and and yeah. will you come on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to get my mind right so I can get get right with the Lord, but it but it was funny. I was like, if I, as I'm leaving, what I what if I was really like, can you imagine how annoying that would be for him if I'm leaving church? I'm like, hey, like, you know, nice to meet you or whatever. I like, just want to introduce myself and like, hey, can you like come on this pod with us? And he's just like, God, give me a fucking break. 
<laughs> you, know, you know how you know how little time I have in the day. <laughs> He's like, this is the first time I've seen my family in a week. <laughs> Give me a break, guy. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. yeah, let's let's uh, let's jump into these coaching hires. Um, I say we start off with a big one that impacts us the most, which is Billy Napier at Florida. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. I am ecstatic about this because Billy Napier was seen as, you know, a hot name even last year. Like he was talked about as possibly, you know, coming in for for us um, and seen as like a really good coach. He has been like a recruiting coordinator twice um, at two different places and, you know, his stint at Clemson. Um, but I mean, he was fired from Clemson for a reason. I think he, you know, the raging Cajuns were a middle of the pack team. They were never, they weren't like a one win, two win team every year. They were like five and seven, seven and five, six and six hovering around the middle of the pack. And then he got there and raised them up to 10 and two, 11 and one, but like I would say Josh Heupel doing what he did this year at Tennessee is even more impressive than what he did for Louisiana. Like I just don't even think it's comparable. And then, like I said, he was hired as like coach slash recruiting coordinator at two different places. And Florida has seven commits right now. And those guys didn't decommit when Dan Mullen got fired they decommitted after they got a chance to talk to Billy Napier. And if that doesn't show you something, if that doesn't tell you something about him as a coach, like I would be freaking out if I was Florida's AD. Like if I was a part of the Florida program, I would be very, very worried now that, you know, all these guys are decommitting because it's not even, it's not even as bad as when Butch left and Pruitt came in and we had some decommits. It wasn't this bad where, you know, we had seven guys left. So I love to see it because I think we're going to be 3-0 and heading into Florida game in Neyland, probably get college game day, you know, 3.30 CBS and be ranked. And I cannot, I cannot wait. Well, uh, that would be sick if we are ranked and if we had college game day and stuff like that. I'm like, Let's let's pump the brakes because if Florida's not any good, there could be another game that's going on. And so, no, dude, no, 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 no. Listen, this is a rivalry, so that's gonna be part of it. We got fuck. We got freaking college game day. My redshirt sophomore, sophomore year, we're yeah. ranked like 18th. No, I yeah, I know. Let's just see. Let's just see what other games are out there. Let's just see what <laughs> other what other matchups are out there week three or four. But now, that's let, the let thing say, too. The nobody has big matchups in the beginning of the season. We're we're the we're the one the third week. We're always the one. Like I absolutely hate playing Florida. Like yes, it is tradition, and that part I do like being like reminded like oh we got Florida first. But dude, if we had them in November, like if they switch places with the freaking Missouri, we kill them. They're so bad at the end of the year compared to the beginning. Every year. A couple things about old Billy Napier. I don't hold it against him that he was fired. I mean, Heifel was fired. People get fired. Um, I think it's hilarious. You're like, if I was the athletic director at, at Florida, that you'd be freaking out. It's like, well, you are the one that just interviewed him and hired him. You know, and I'm not going to – 
I mean, I love that every time you look up, they're losing a recruit. That's hilarious. Like, I, I mean, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to like it. We've, we've been through a lot of stuff. They're a rival. Like, you know, I'm pumped that we stole one of their offensive linemen, which we'll talk about him in our recruiting video because I want to actually he, – he's, he's nice to get because I can go back and watch SEC film and see how, you know, see how he did. It said that he played, started nine games, didn't give up a sack. Like, you know me. Give me all the big boys. I love I'm – I'm a chubby chaser, so give me all the big boys. Well, hey, that's why we're good friends. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, anyways, uh, I'm excited about that. But what makes me actually excited about the Billy Napier hire is, like, just think who they just hired. And it doesn't mean that he's not going to be a good coach. We really don't know about any of these. It's just like recruits. We don't know what people are going to go places and get fired and which ones are going to be great hires. But what I love is that Florida got Dan Mullen. And I'm like, I'm not a big, like, Dan Mullen, like, worshiper by any means. I got some buddies that were, like, really, really big fans of his. But he was at Mississippi State winning at Mississippi State. He had Mississippi they, they State. They were ranked num- in the very number first college football playoffs. They were number one in the nation for a while. Yeah. So when so when he does that and he wins in Starksville, Starksville, Mississippi, and he goes to Florida, I'm like, oh motherfucker. I'm like, this guy's gonna be down there for 10 years. He's gonna be Spurrier 2.0, like with this little nitpicking at us and beating us and all that stuff. And it came out that like he Whatever the case was, whether he wasn't recruiting properly, whether he's – which I've heard people say now that he's like, heck, with college football, like I'm not going to baby these guys. I don't want to recruit them. I, you know, I'd rather just go be an offensive coordinator or whatever the case may be. I, I don't know. I'm just talking about on game day, like when he's there on the game day and putting up these plays and it sounds like he got lucky with having Dak Prescott. But, like, I was so much more nervous when he went there than I am a Billy Napier. Like, it just doesn't do much for me, like – I've watched a couple of the Raging Cajun games since he's been there, like when I've had money on him or in a random bowl game. And I'm just like, whatever. Like, th- that's what they are to me. They're just whatever. So that's why when they got hired, I loved it because I'm like, bro, I ain't scared of this guy at all. We, You're telling me we got Josh Heupel and they have Billy Napier? Not saying he's not good. I'm just saying right now I'm not scared about it at all until he makes me change my mind. No, I mean, you look at you look at the success that he had at Louisiana. It's just like, dude, the people they play – are, yeah, you know, yeah. you you thought like UCF doesn't play anybody, bro. It's even worse. For, well, conf- yeah, yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's in the conference of Coastal Carolina with Butch and Arkansas State, App State, App State, like some of these schools. So it's like the thing about it is like with Butch, you can get one or two good players, and you you can run that conference. Like Butch had uh, Dan Lefevre at Central Michigan, that quarterback. And, and just because of him alone was probably going, you know, 10 wins, 11 wins, you know. So it's just like, I, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. And then I don't know if you have anything else about Billy Napier. Like, that was my point. It's just like, he's just whatever to me. And we'll see what he's, he's got an uphill climb and we'll see what happens. But the other one that really affects us is Kentucky keeping Mark Stoops. And like, honestly, like, I'm fired up about that. Like, fired up. I'm like, not, literally, I, I, the first thing I wrote down was, uh, Good luck with mediocrity. Right. Well, it, the funny thing is it's not mediocrity for them because, like, that's, like, the best they've ever been. But, like, for us as Tennessee fans, like, we don't care when we see Kentucky's ranked 12 or we don't care when we see they're ranked 18th or whatever. Like, we know when they come in and play us or we play them, like, we're still their big brother. Like, 
we're still going to find a way to beat them even when they're better than us. So, like, I would have been more nervous if he went somewhere else and got a bigger job and they get some up-and-comer that we don't know who's a hell of an offensive mind. And then the next thing we know, we're like, golly, like, this guy's really on the way up. Like, he's going to be jumping to a big boy job here in a two, year two or year three. But with Mark Stoops, we know what we're getting. And so, I'm like, fine with it. We love it. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. I I, <laughs> I feel like uh... – Vandy and Kentucky fans literally just grade their football season off of beating us. Like, that's it. They're just like, did we beat Tennessee? Like, if we lost, then it's not a good season. If we beat them, then it is a good season. Like, that's all they judge it on, which makes me feel great as a Tennessee alum and a Tennessee fan. It's just like, you guys are so – like at the bottom mentality that that's like literally our worst years that Tennessee has had historically over these past, like 15, you like, that is your saving grace that you're like a little bit above 500. Right. It's it's, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, the next one I want to talk about is we'll, we'll just talk about, we'll stay in the sec right now, but like Kiffin getting a uh, staying at Ole Miss. I, I actually wanted him to leave Ole Miss, man. I'm just so sick and tired of him being in the sec. Um, you know, I can't wait to see what he does without Matt Corral. I think uh, when golden Corral goes off, you know, to the, to the NFL and, and, and whatever, like he'll probably bring somebody else in. Like I could see him being like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, but on a smaller scale where he, he loses, you know, Chief, you know, cheap buffet golden corral, and then he'll bring in, you know, another quarterback that's pretty good. Like people are talking about uh, Dylan Gabriel from down there at UCF, um, maybe going there. So, you know, I'm just, I just would have loved of him to go to Miami and just be irrelevant for the SEC, is, is what I mean. Or like, I would have loved for him to like go to Oregon. I know it's, you know, a bigger stage and stuff like that, but it's just funny, man. Like Ole Miss fits him perfectly. And I just, you know, so I was just hoping to get him out of the SEC because I'm just annoyed with him. But I'm not. I'm not nervous about him. Like on a sideline now that we have Eiffel. If we oh, had, I, I I agree with you. I wish he wasn't here. Um, but I will say it's the only extension that I agree with. Like it's the only extension that I think is a smart move by the AD in the school. Because I, I, I don't think Stoops I couldn't is agree one. More. Couldn't we'll agree more about it. But I don't think James Franklin is one. I think Kiffin. Okay is a good extension for the school because he is a good coach. And we hate him so much because of what he did to us, not because he's a bad coach. Well, let me say that. Let me say that. I Personally, not me. For, for me, I when he left us, I was bummed that he left, but I was not mad. I was just like, dang, I wish we had him back. Honestly, like, because I was such a fan of his. And as I've said on these podcasts before, as I've gotten older, I don't like him because of his ego, because of his selfishness. It's all about him. I'm like, bro, you're supposed to be a leader of young men. Like you're just as immature as they are. That's why I don't like him now. Yeah. I still think he's, I still think he's a good coach. So I, I agree with you that it was a smart extension to get. And I think, like I said, Ole Miss and him are a good match, good fit, but yes. no, I, I, I personally don't hate him because he left us. I liked him even when he left us, wanted him back. I just don't like him now because of how he acts. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think the, the uh, leaving of Tennessee was like the first domino. And then all the other ones of just being a dick and, you know, caring about himself and just huge ego and all that kind of stuff. It's what followed. Um, but I got – there's two questions. One, how does that ego feel after just being absolutely turned down by Miami? 
like a school that has been known to have recruiting violations, been known to just do whatever the hell they want, been known to just have the best swag in the world, still wouldn't hire Lane Kiffin for some reason. There's something that held them off and made them want to go somewhere else. And then two, where's he- where's Lane Kiffin going to go? Because I do not believe he will stay at Ole Miss through this extension. I think the person that he is, he's always looking for something better. And Ole Miss is not a job that can win. Like, I just don't see Ole Miss being a team, a program that can win a national championship. Like, I think there's only a few teams throughout the country that it's like they can actually do it. If they all the stars align and get together, they can actually do it. I just don't think Ole Miss is that. I really don't. That's funny that you say that. I don't know where he goes next. I, I really don't. I, I agree. Like, I don't believe hardly any of these coaches are going to make it through these extensions, whether they get fired or leave. I mean, that's just how it is. Like, there's not many of those guys that stick around for 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, where he goes, well, I don't know. About, how... You know, the guys who do stick around that long, and I'll let you go. I'm sorry. But the guys, no, no, who, stick, the guys who do stick around that long, the teams don't care if they have a losing season. Like – Oh, because they know um, that they're going to have a chance to come right back. Yeah. Uh, what's it? Ference at Iowa? Yeah, yeah. Like, they yeah. don't care if he goes five and seven. They don't. Like, okay, that's fine. You know, in three years, we'll go 13 and one. Like, we'll be okay. Right. So, it's just like, if you're on a team like that that literally does not care if they lose those games, then you're fine. But if you're in the SEC, you're screwed. Like, if you lose those games, you're out. Like, hey, yeah, in the hey, SEC, Brian, in the, hey, Brian Kelly, welcome. Yeah. In the SEC, you're literally given like a year and a half. Like, if you have one bad year, they're like, okay, well, we'll see how you come back next year. And then four or five games into next year, if you're not doing well, it's like, there's the hot seat. And then it's over. Kind of like it was with, you know, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen was a wild thing to see because he his went down so fast so this fast. year. But, but um, no, I yeah, I, I agree. I don't know where Lane goes. I, I really don't. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Can you imagine if, like, Kirby Smart, like, got fired in, like, two years and Lane went to, like, Georgia or something? I mean, it would just be – I'm just I'm just saying, like, I I have no idea. And the other thing about Kiffin is that you don't know where he's going to go because you don't know which ADs are actually going to put up with his bull crap. So, some of these schools, like, that we would think would be a good fit, some of their guys are smart ADs and they're like, F this guy. Like, I don't, I don't want to deal with him. Like, I'm That's a mature adult. I think Miami did. Probably. probably. Plus, I think Mario knew – or I, I think Miami knew they were going to get Mario Cristobal. But – um. Do you want to talk about Mario since we're kind of, or do you have anything else about Kiffin or do you want to no, jump that, that, that was, that was pretty much it. Um, <laughs> I, you know, like you said, I, I, I really wish he wasn't at Ole Miss anymore, but it still feels nice that they're on the West and not the East and like rotation wise, I only have to see him every few years. So. Agreed. Um, but yeah, we can talk about Mario um, going to Miami from Oregon. I, I love that he's an offensive lineman. I think it's awesome when guys go back to their alma maters. So, like, that is nice, too. But I just – like, is he a good head coach? Like, I like, I don't know if he is, like, up there at the upper echelon because, like, this year, probably midpoint of this year was his hot – like, his best moment as a head coach. And then he shit the bed twice versus Utah and just got absolutely embarrassed versus them. And it's like, 
First game, okay, maybe, maybe the first game happens where you're not prepared, da 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 But the second one, like in the conference championship, that, that is just a very tough look that I just – I don't know. I don't know. This did not want like I know this is a better coach than uh, Diaz. Manny Diaz, yeah. Yeah, Manny Diaz, but I don't know if it's the best coach. I think, um, I yeah, maybe this year when they beat Ohio State was maybe his highest point. I mean, he did win Pac-12 Coach of the Year. I think two, maybe two years ago. I think he got him to a Rose Bowl. But that's what's so funny and weird about all this coaching stuff is because you like you have to strike when the iron's hot because you get forgot about so quickly. And it's not even that you might not even be having a bad year, but like you're the hot name and then you maybe have somewhat of a down year and then kind of a mediocrity year. And it's just kind of like you, you're like, like you're not ever talked about, like, you know, again, like Jeff, like I was thinking about some of the guys that Tennessee was thinking about back, I guess around Pruitt's time, maybe, but like Jeff Brom, like you never hear about Jeff Brom anymore. We're about to play him in a bowl game. Like the guy, Dave, whatever over there at uh, NC state, like some of these guys that you hear their names and then you don't hear their names. And it's just, it's such a funny thing, but with Mario, I think Miami is in that a little bit like a, a UT and a little bit like a Nebraska and a little bit like some of these schools that they all had their time of being number one in the nation for a while or, or, or a top three, five, six, 10 program for a while. And I honestly don't think Nebraska ever gets back there. And I'm not going to say – I don't want to say ever because, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say ever because you just never know. But I don't I, – I will not be surprised if they're never, like, really competing for the playoff in, in my lifetime or our lifetime. And, and sadly, like, I don't really see that either for Miami. I mean, Miami has an easier way because of the ACC. I just don't think Miami's ever going to get the recruits like they used to. I get why Miami did this because he is an upgrade. But do I think the results are going to be any different than Manny Diaz or Mark Rick or Al Golden or whatever? I mean, they'll get ranked and they'll be kind of have some pub around them and then they'll go get blasted by like, you know, Pitt or or Clemson or some other ACC school. And it's just like they're just going to – I don't think they're going to be a powerhouse. It, it, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I get it. He's I, I, I think – I think they have a lot better shot than Nebraska does. Oh, I, no, uh, yeah, 100%, 100%. I think Nebraska's move to the Big Ten really just buried them like they have no shot now. Yeah. Um, even though the Big 12, Big 12 is kind of like up in the air because Oklahoma and Texas leaving. Right. But, like, that's, that's where they're located. Like, that's where they can get their guys. Now that they're trying to get – guys in the big 10 like it's just they're they're just so far away like i think their state being so far away from all their competition is not a good thing for them so yeah i, I yeah you know no, and i didn't mean to i didn't mean to bring them up to get a sidetrack but i i 100 agree i think that program is in a really tough spot um but yeah for me to finish it off about mario like i get why miami did it um and, and I think he's a good fit there, but just because you're a good fit doesn't mean you're going to win. So I think he'll be fine, but it's, it's funny to me. And I don't think they get him if he's not from that area or, or, you know, or whatever. Cause I mean, I would assume and still think that Oregon's a better job than Miami, um, yeah. it, you know? So 
anyways, that, that's all I have about him. I don't know if you have anything else that you wanted to. Well, uh, I. All right. So, so sorry to interrupt this amazing conversation, but we have a new ad. Uh, this is Lightbox. So, say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab grown diamonds are the greatest gift of the year. Using cutting edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab grown diamonds that you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in the lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. So visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. I know you say that like they might not be back, you know, being in the ACC, but... I see Clemson stock falling a lot and we can, and now we can jump into this, but like losing both Tony Elliott and um, Brent Venables, Brent Venables. It's like, what, like, I don't know if Dabo is the same as, as Saban where he's going to bring in the absolute best possible coach where Saban like brings in Bill O'Brien as his offensive coordinator, or you know, a few years ago, Lane Kiffin. So or Steve Sarkeesian, or yeah, yeah, like like Dabo seems like the guy. He's like, I'm going to promote from within, and like the tight end coach in the OC now. And it's just like, I don't know if Dabo has the same kind of um, just overarching like control. Yeah, pre- yeah, yeah. As, president, as Saban does. Yeah. Um, and being able to like really build that program. So I see Clemson very much falling off. And I think both of these guys and Tony Elliott and Brent Venables got out at the perfect time. Cause I think their stock was about to fall where, Oh, they were such good offensive coordinators and they've won two national championships, you know, such a good defense coordinator, such a good offensive. Coordinator. And then like this season they went nine and three and they weren't as good. And people were wondering what was up with the offense. And it's like, wait what what's going on like why why aren't they that good anymore and i think like as a offensive coordinator or defense coordinator that wants a head coaching job after you got through this season you're like oh shit man i better go get one because my stock is starting to diminish i agree and disagree and i agree that they got off at the right time because i don't think their names are going to be hotter because i do think clemson will take a little step back maybe a medium step back, but I, I think the one thing that's going to keep them around is they're in the ACC. And it's just like until maybe Miami gets a little bit better or Pitt somehow sustains, which I don't think they're going to after losing Kenny Pickett. But, like, I think the ACC is just such a joke that, like, they're going to still be able to compete and maybe only have one or two losses. Um, so that's why I don't think they're going to be such a drastic fall off. Now, if Clemson was in – you know, the SEC, then, then yeah, I would say I think they're in big, big trouble. But Brent Venables, I have no idea how he would do. But if I'm an Oklahoma fan, bro, and I let myself, my mind wander, I am so bummed 
just a year or so ago, Oklahoma was just living life and they thought everything was incredible. They had Lincoln Riley. They had all these recruits. They had Heisman Trophy candidates and winners and they're getting to the playoff. And yeah, they're getting beat, but hey, maybe we get a little bit more defense here and, and then all that. And now they lose their coach. They, they are going to the SEC. They're not the same type of program. I mean, people would have thought Oklahoma was a, a destination job and now they just got left. And it's just like, I think they are in for a really rude awakening. And I just don't, I, I'm shocked. Like Brent Venables, like, dude, like they, I feel like in Oklahoma, they should be able to go get a proven head coach who has won at some sort of level. And they're taking a defensive coordinator who's never been a head coach. And it's just kind of like, whoa, that's like, and I know, and let me say this, looking for through some of these guys, like coaching histories and stuff, some of these guys had some very lucky coaching histories. Like, Brent Venables literally was like, he was he was like at Clemson for a long time for like 10, 11 years or whatever. Or no, he's in Oklahoma for like 10 or 11 years. And then he was at Clemson. Like, dude is so lucky that he's had only two stops, won a good amount of national championships. So, like, he got lucky. And there's a couple of these other guys on here, like whether it was Tony Elliott or even Dan Lanning that we're going to talk about. Like, those guys were like at one or two programs, and that was pretty much it, which is really awesome. They didn't have to move anywhere. That's just me side track and side tangent but anyways i'm shocked like i don't think brent venables is going to be any good at all at oklahoma and that that's just me because yeah. not necessarily his fault he might still be able to win eight nine ten games a year every every so often but they're used to getting to the playoff and i don't think oklahoma fans are going to be able to step back and be like yeah yeah we're, we're i mean you know we're not going to get all the same recruits and we're not going to be the same type of high flying offense and we're going to the sec so like they could still have a couple years every now and then, but in no way do I think they're going to be what they've been. Um, and I, and I, I just I agree with you for sure. Um, it will be a fall from grace, and I think the reason they hired Brent is because he was a, a Oklahoma and it's like hometown guy kind of coming back. Da da da. Right, but I, right. I don't know how he made that switch. I don't know if it's just because he went to the ACC and they're like not as good, but like at Oklahoma from 04 to I think it was like 11 or 12 like Oklahoma was known like known across the country for having a bad defense like all the big 12 teams were known for that that they all have bad defenses and amazing offenses and they can't stop anybody but they can score a lot of points and they literally like he was there as a co-defensive coordinator with Mike Stoops. Then he Mike Stoops left. He was there for six or seven more years as the main defensive coordinator. Then they brought Mike Stoops back in without telling him, like, hey, we're gonna bring him back in and you guys are gonna co again. Pretty much saying, like, you aren't doing your job. Obviously, there's some nepotism involved with you know Stoops being the head coach, but like right we're still going to bring him in because you're not doing it for us. And yet, so then he goes to Clemson. He leaves to go to Clemson because he doesn't want to be co-defensive coordinator anymore. And then he kind of builds Clemson up and they're a very good defense and all this kind of stuff. And like, they do very well, but like, I just, I, I don't know how that happened. Like how there was such a growth in his defensive coordinating prowess from Oklahoma to Clemson. Because Oklahoma was always seen as a bad defense, always. 
Well, I think when we were a little bit younger, I think like 2000, like maybe 2004, 5, 6, they were known as like pretty good defense because I don't think the Big 12 had really started yet. I think it was more 2008, 9, and 10 and, and onwards until it was the high flying. No, no but I, I like get, last year. But I get what you're saying. And it's that's just coaching, bro. Like, that's just coaching, though, like in the NFL and in college. Like, it's such a good old boy system, which I think so much of life is that way, too. But, um, you know, people are allowed to have bad years. Like, people are allowed to have down numbers. And that doesn't mean necessarily that that's a reflection of them as much as, you know, it's just, it's a one year. But I get completely what you're saying. And if I'm not mistaken, I remember. I think it was probably 2010 or 11 or 12, and I think he was the defense coordinator still at, o- at Oklahoma, and he was being rumored for some jobs, and he was supposed to be taking – hell, I-, I swear there were some rumors whether it was Tennessee or another big job, and then they go out and play West Virginia in, like, the Orange Bowl, and West Virginia had, like, Tavon Austin and some of these other guys, and they put 70 on them. And then it was like, well, no, nobody can hire the defense coordinator. Just gave up 70 in a bowl game. So then it was like – so then he was like off the radar again. So I, I get what you're saying. It's really weird and stuff. My biggest thing why I think it's weird is like they didn't even get – like I, I agree with you why they hired him because of his Oklahoma ties, but it's still Oklahoma. And like how can you not go get a proven head coach somewhere? But I don't, I don't think he's going to do well there at all, but that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to, like, think of what other head coaches that they could have possibly stolen that would have worked out for them at their spot, you know, integrating into the SEC, having to play these opponents. Um, They probably also like it, too, because he's a defensive guy and they've been putting up all these offensive points but couldn't really beat anybody. You know what I mean? like that didn't work. Like being good offensively did not work. Yeah, which is one thing I wanted to say. We talked about uh, Lincoln Riley a couple pods ago. I get why he left. I would have left, too. But I do – and I think he'll be fine there. But I was still thinking about not only the big losses that they had, but I was started thinking, I was like, dude, these past couple of years, like, their offense was good, but, like, their offense wasn't, like, what it was. And I was like, they were still in dogfights with some of these, like, not good teams at all. And a podcast I really listen to a lot is uh, Ryan Rosillo. He's a nationwide guy, and he brings Trent Dilfer on every year or every Monday, and they recap stuff, and they were talking about Lincoln Riley. And Trent Dilfer was like, you know, Lincoln's a, a really good coach. And he's like, and he has a potential to be an amazing coach if he adapts. And he was like, you know, these really good coaches adapt to how the game has changed. And he said, I think Lincoln is still behind the times by about a year or two with his, with his passing game and with it does something. And I was like, you know what? I was like, that's kind of what I was like. I was like, that's what I was like kind of thinking like, am I just being nitpicky or do I'm really trusting what I'm seeing? Like, he is good offensively, but, like, it still looks kind of stagnant sometimes. Because I had caught myself over the past two, three years, I've probably seen four or five Oklahoma games, like, start to finish, or, or a majority of them. And I just really thought that was a good point. And Trent was like, you know, when he gets out there, like, he's going to have to continue. And I think that's with all coaches. I mean, that's I think that's why you'll never hear me, like, I'll always say Bill Belichick's the greatest coach. And, like, the guy manipulates – what he needs to do week to week. Just like Saban was a pound the rock, slow play it. He saw where college football was going. He brings in Kiffin. He brings in these other guys. Now he's out here running the spread. 
And, and so, like, I was like, man, Trent Dilfer's right. Like, and so I do think Lincoln Riley's going to be good out there, and I get why he left. But I, I will say this. I still don't see him winning a national championship. I, I think the best he does is I think he still goes to uh, the playoff and probably get blasted, which then ties me into why I get, I get why Brian Kelly left. Do you have anything about Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, or do you want to just get, kind of take that into Brian Kelly? Um, I like or do you Or do you think – do you think Lincoln will, could win a national championship out there? I don't know, because I think what you just pulled up about him being behind the times and sometimes you can see the difference in coaching and, and understand like, okay, what, why, why, why aren't they winning? Why are, why are they winning certain games? Is it because of the coaching or the play calling, or is it because they've got Kyler Murray or they've got CD lamb? Like, is it the talent or is it the coaching where, like, that's why it's the ultimate test of coaching to go to the NFL because everyone is good in the NFL. It doesn't matter where you're at. Like, everyone is the best. Like, if you're a starting, if you're a starting linebacker in the NFL, you are one of the best 32 linebackers in the world. So, in college, if you have a guy, a five-star, he could be the best wide receiver in the nation or best court like cd lamb was the best wide receiver in the one, of, one, one of one one of one of them but like the guy was so talented and it's like do you is it your coaching or is it the players that make you who you are and sometimes if it's just the players and you go up against competition that has those five stars and those four stars like an alabama like a clemson like a georgia now it's down to coaching. And if you're not you ready get, for that, yeah. you're getting crushed and you're getting exposed because now those guys are just as good as your guys. Where, like, when you're playing Kansas or Texas Tech, like Texas, you can whoop the crap out of them because they don't have the guys that you do. So I don't know. I don't know if he will have success at USC. I know that he's going to have amazing recruiting classes and he's going to have five stars galore over there because they live in California and not a lot of them even want to leave California, but they do because USC and UCLA aren't it. They're not the places to go. Ohio state, Bama, you know, Clemson, those are the places to go. So that's why they left. Now that there's an opportunity that they have success in their home state, they're going to stay. And he's got, Um, he's got, he's, he's got to get some of these guys on the defensive side too. He's got to get some guys from the defensive side. He needs to, get a good defensive coordinator. Like that is his most important hire where when we talked about Heupel him being an offensive mind and knowing offense, his biggest hire was a defensive coordinator because he's not on that side of the ball. He needs somebody who can control that. So I think he did a good job in Tim Banks, like a very good job. I'm I'm proud of what Tim Banks has done this year. So that's going to be a huge step for Lincoln to do. Like he needs to find somebody that's going to fit with him and do what he needs to do as a defensive coordinator. Also, in recruiting defensive players. Agreed. Brian Kelly. <clears throat> I don't like Brian Kelly at all. I He just seems like a douche, seems like a dick. Um, I had a buddy that worked at Notre Dame in the football offices for a while while he was up there. That's It's pretty typical that he said that, you know, Brian's just kind of an ego, kind of a douche, kind of a dick. Like, it just it is what it is. I think he's a good football coach. Um, I mean, he's he's won, you know, wherever he's been. I I get why 
LSU went after him. I, I, I do. I do get why LSU went after him, and I get why he left Notre Dame. He had been to Notre Dame. He'd been to playoffs. He goes to playoffs. He gets blasted. And he's the type of guy that's like, yo, if Coach O and freaking Les Miles can win at LSU, I know damn well I can win. And I'm tired of going to the bowl game and getting blasted by Bama or getting blasted by Clemson or whoever. Let me go to LSU. Let me get a bunch of dogs, and then let's talk. And I was cracking up because I was thinking about – it's like when you play Xbox. And maybe we all have that friend, and I have that one friend who, when you're playing a sports game, he always seems to end up wanting to have – you know, the best team on Madden. And then if you're playing FIFA, he has to have Ronaldo or Messi somehow. Or, you know, you're playing, you know, 2K and he's got like Kevin Durant or LeBron or stuff. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's fun just to play with like some middle level teams, you know. But he, you know, and there's guys that are like that. And and after a while, I get why Brian Kelly's like, you know what? If we're playing Madden, I'm tired of Nick Saban always having, you know, the Patriots of all those years or the Chiefs or the Packers. He's like, you know, I, I want to have one of those teams and let's see if you can beat me now that the the levy, the playing field is equal. So I get it. I think he's a clown. Like I said, like the whole fake accent and all this stuff. Like I just look at Brian Kelly and I don't like him. I just want to deck him. I will bring Ryan Rosillo back up. If you guys want to hear an awesome interview, Ryan Rosillo had Tommy Reese on. And Tommy Reese was talking about all the stuff that was happening to Notre Dame in those times. And it was very cool to hear the backstory. Like they were out West and they had, um, they didn't, they weren't playing conference championship, conference championship weekend. So they were out West recruiting. And then one day they go and play golf. And so Tommy Reese, like I'm with Brian Kelly, like all day on a Saturday, like we go play golf, we go to a nice meal and have a dinner. He's like, then we're getting on the plane to go move to the next area that we're going to recruit the next day. And, that's when Brian comes and tells his other coaches that are out there recruiting with him, like, hey, I'm going to be taking the LSU job, and I, I got to fly back to Notre Dame to meet with the players. And it was a really cool interview, but if anyone wants to hear that stuff. But anyways, I get why Brian Kelly left. I think he will be pretty good at LSU. I would be pretty surprised if he's not competing for SEC championships in, in, the, in the playoff. Yeah, I think LSU is the ultimate job where it's like, if you can't win here, then you're not a good coach. Like, it's like – the past three coaches have won a national championship here and it's been 15 years like, and they've had three coaches that have won national championships. It's, it's almost like a, it's like, here's the blueprint, like LSU football, like that's the blueprint. So, but you can also look at it. Like we just explained with Lincoln, like, is it the players? Like, is that the reason why he hasn't won a championship or is it him? Because, at Notre Dame, he didn't win a championship. He's not a part of a conference, so he didn't even win a conference championship. When he was at Cincinnati, he didn't win a championship because they didn't play one. You just won conference championship based off your record. And it's like, is it him just shitting the bed when he gets these championship games? And I know he's a great X's and O's coach. Everyone knows that. Everyone has said that, and everyone believes it and knows that when you look at it, he's a better X and O's coach than or than Ogeron and Les Miles. But like, does he just pee down his leg when he gets in those opportunities? I don't know. I don't know if we're about to find reason. out though. Well, we are about to find out. And guess what, bud? 
If you cannot, if you if he does not win a national championship here at LSU, he failed as a coach. Like that's the difference with LSU and Notre Dame. Like you can have some excuses. Yeah, you you know you didn't get into the playoff at the best spot, even though you only lost one game or something like that. Or you know you can't recruit all the guys. The other guys like you have built-in excuses. LSU have no excuse, absolutely none. So here's the test. I mean, he's he's in one sense, yes, going to a better place for himself to possibly win. But in another sense, he is putting himself out on a limb and being like, okay, like this is my biggest test that I've had, and I have to do something with this. I, and I, I think that's why he left, though, because he's like he could have stayed. He's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. Like he could have stayed there. And kept winning and getting in bowl and getting in uh, the playoffs and maybe having a chance and probably losing and you know there, he was still going to go down and history is the best coach ever there and he could retire in ten years but I think like he's going to make so much money and he's going to have this ultimate opportunity that like if he does fail he's going to be pretty old he might some of these guys still just want to coach until they put dirt on him but I could see him being like you know what I gave it a shot I did it it didn't work out I, I'm going to collect my hundred million and I'll either continue coaching because I love to do it or you're not going to hear about me because I'm just going to go chill with my family. So I think, I think he was smart all the way around it. I think he wants to find out if he is that good, like what you're saying. Cause like we will, we will, we will all find out if he's about that. Yeah. Also I'm like Notre Dame fans. Like you're, you're surprised. Like you're really surprised that he left. Like he just did the, he did the same thing to Cincinnati for you. You didn't think he would do the same thing to you for somebody else. Well, that's because that's because they think Notre Dame's a destination job. Cincinnati's not a destination job. Yeah, but still, it's like you know, if you marry a man who cheated on his wife with you, and you think that he's just going to be faithful to you, that's very dumb of you. Yeah, but that's just I don't agree with that because that's what coaching is. You move up until you go to a next a, a destination job. So, but I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I would definitely say that's the way for Kiffin. You know, I would, sure. you know. You can just tell the guys that are maybe more slimy than others. But, yeah, which is why you um, said that you would love to just punch him right in the face. Like, he seems like yeah. a slimy guy. He does. Yeah, and he just seems like a big doucher, magoucher. All right, Marcus Freeman, who Notre Dame replaced with. Well, I'm very excited to hear what you think about this. Uh, Honestly, like, looking through all this stuff, I'm shocked that he is now a head coach. He's been coaching for 10 years. That's it. And he's the head coach of one of the best – like, we just said it, like – one of the best programs in the nation, one of the most historic programs. It, it, his rise from grace is crazy. And, and I always like when head coaches are former players. So I like the fact that he was a linebacker. He played in the NFL for a year. Like he was a very good player at Ohio State. And was just like um, defense, 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 and like worked his way up to where he is. And I don't know if he's going to to have success, but I think this hire was the best hire for Notre Dame to keep their players. With how prevalent the transfer portal is, and decommits, and going somewhere else, this hire is the safest one to keep the guys that you have there. And even if they were to hire, you know, Luke Fickle from, from Cincinnati, like it's still not the same. These guys, that video that I quote tweeted 
how excited they were that Marcus Freeman was their head coach and not some outsider, like that does make a difference to those players. So I think this was a hire to keep guys there more than anything. And he, I mean, and I think he is a decent coach. Um, but it's another thing, like you said, Oklahoma went out and got a de- defensive coordinator, not stole, didn't steal a head coach from another team. Why didn't Notre Dame do the same thing? Because they definitely could have. They definitely could have stole uh, Luke from Cincinnati, like easily. So that's my reasoning behind it. When I'm thinking through an AD's mind, like maybe they did this to just keep it cohesive and someone who already understands the culture, how we recruit, who we recruit at Notre Dame. Because I think their restrictions are a lot higher. Like guys got to have like a 24 or 25 in the ACT to even get in. I I completely agree that they brought him in just to keep things status quo. And in, not, in that uh, interview I was talking about, Tommy Reese says in that thing, he goes, you know, Brian was the CEO. He goes, now, did I have full control of the offense? No, I didn't have full control and autonomy. And, like, I'm going to have that now with Marcus. But, you know, he was still the CEO type with Tommy Reese calling offense and Marcus calling defense. So now Notre Dame's like, well, did we really lose anything, you know, besides, like, our CEO, which is a big deal. But, like, they still should be having the same offense and same defense. So I get why they did it. But if it was me and I was Notre Dame, like, you better really, really, really believe in Marcus Freeman because, like you said, you could have had Luke Fickle, who is a very proven head coach at a pretty high level. He took he has Cincinnati in the playoff this year. So if I was a Notre Dame fan, I would have wanted Luke, but I'm thinking they just – Notre Dame's like, yo, we don't have a lot of time to waste. Luke's not probably going to take this job since he's in the playoff right now. Like, I, I don't know. I was not having those conversations, but that's who I would have wanted if I was Notre Dame. And – I probably a little bummed out that that I didn't get that and that we promoted with from within just because Notre Dame, whether I like them or not, and you know whether you want to say they're a destination job or not, I mean they should be, but you know they're still yeah still top top five program or top. I'm, when I say a top program, that doesn't necessarily mean I think they're the best coaching job. Like I have a lot of places I'd rather coach than Notre Dame but they're still a very, very good, you know, program. So Yeah, it almost, like, confuses me because Luke Fickle could have had any job he wanted. Like, the fact that he got Cincinnati to the playoffs, he's a playoff coach in a non-Power 5 school where any of the Blue Bloods of Power 5 could say, hey, we're going to pay you more and you're going to be at a Power 5 program and you're still going to have an opportunity to get to the playoffs. I'm just not sure if he was being so picky or he's like, I only want one job and it's Notre Dame. And if they don't come, then I'm not going anywhere else. It, it, it's like almost kind of weird to think about like what, like, yeah, because you would have thought you would have thought he would have had Notre Dame if he wanted yeah, well, it. You would, well, first, yeah, you would have thought he would have had Notre Dame. Then you would have thought Oklahoma would have went after him. Miami would have went after him. Oregon would have went after him. Like, and maybe they did. Maybe they did. And we yeah, just don't know. And, and so, Maybe they did, and maybe he just turned them all down. And there is a specific job that he wants. And I don't think – I think it it's not Notre Dame now. Like, I think there's another job he has in mind that he wants really bad, but it's not Notre Dame because he sees, 
like it's going to be three or four years before that's even open again. And he doesn't want to stay at Cincinnati for another three or four years. So he's looking for something particular that would bump him up to where he wants to be, which is yeah, kind of like, I, just kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. I'll be interested to see where he does end up going at some point. Um, and I'll be very interested to see what Marcus Freeman does at Notre Dame. Um, really there, we got four more people on here. I'm going to kind of talk very quickly about these. I think, I'm the last one I, I really, I guess we're going to really deliberate or talk about. It's like, I think James Franklin, it was smart that Penn State kept him. I, I still think he's a very good coach. Like, yeah, maybe I'm a little surprised he hasn't been a little bit better over the past couple of years or maybe gotten him to playoff yet, but I still really believe in him. And so I think that was smart that they resigned him. And I think now that he's been there for a little while, like I could see him pretty much like not leaving Penn State. Like, he it sounds like he probably could have had the, the USC job or one of these other jobs. Like I don't really see him leaving maybe unless it's for, you know, the NFL or whatever, but you said you didn't agree with them resigning him. Yeah. I didn't agree. If I'm a program that wants to be, wants to take over Ohio state or Michigan wants to take them over and be the representative of the big 10 and go to the college football playoffs. If I'm that kind of program, that's not, He's not the coach. I don't think he's the coach to get it done. When he had the opportunity, when he beats Iowa to become number two in the nation, he pisses down his leg. He loses the next week. And this has happened every season he's been there where he's been high the ranked. They're ready to make a run. And then he loses a game. He loses a big game. He can't finish. He can't do what he needs to do. He's great at building programs from the depths. I mean, Vanderbilt, he did it. Penn State, he did it after everything that they went through. Great at that. I'm going to give that to him. But finishing, but getting to the very top, no. So, if I'm a program that wants to be like Iowa, perfect hire. He's it. Perfect hire. Get you 10, 10 wins every now and then. Maybe has a seven-win or eight-win season might be able to compete in the Big Ten Championship, but it doesn't really mean you're going to the playoff. Great hire, if that's what you want. But in my mind, I just don't see him as a coach that's – here's a college football playoff coach that can win this whole thing. I just don't – I just don't see it out of him. I think he is a college playoff coach getting there. I don't know if he wins it. I just don't think it's at Penn State. I think if you put James Franklin at, I think if you put James Franklin at Georgia, or you put James Franklin at uh, Clemson, or Ohio State, or Michigan, I think he could do it because I think. Man, listen, Penn State has a great opportunity to do that. I, I if you were saying he's at Vandy, yeah, I get it, but, dude, Penn State. Has I still I still don't think they asked. They have players all throughout Pennsylvania. They have Ohio right there. I don't. I still don't grab some guys from the other Big Ten teams. They can be successful. I still don't think they're as good as those jobs I named. I'm telling you, if if you put James Franklin at Georgia, I think he wins a national championship. I think he's a much better coach than Kirby Smart. If you put him at Alabama when Nick Saban left, I think he can win. I really, really do. I, I think he's. I think he's that good of a coach. I just don't think Penn State is that place. Penn State, I think if you leave him at Penn State for a total of 10 or 15 years, he'll probably make the playoff maybe a couple, once or twice, but not not consistently. 
but I do think he is that good of enough a coach. I, I haven't I had I haven't changed my mind that I think he's a Nick uh, you know a Nick Ferentz or whatever Iowa coach yet. I think he's still better than that. But I, but I respect your opinion. I mean, I see where you're coming from because of what he's done, why he's been there. Yeah, I always agree that SEC teams are better than Big Ten teams. I always will. Um, but I just don't think that like Penn State is a bad school. Like if he was, I don't uh, think they're bad. No, no, no. I don't think they're bad. I think they're a, a top eight, ten job. I just, I just don't think they're going to win out a national championship there with him. Okay. So I guess that's your opinion because I think they're the number three school in the Big Ten, where it's like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Right, and well, I said like, if he and I said if he was at Michigan or Ohio State or at Georgia or at Bama, hell, I think even if he was at Florida, he would have a much a better chance of winning a national championship than he would at Penn State. I don't know. He won ten games at Bandy. I think he could win. I think he could get another eleventh or twelfth game at Florida and get an SEC championship, which then would give him a chance of the playoff. I see what you're saying. I think anyway, yeah, I think you have a more talented team, a better team yes. in the SEC. So yes. that makes it more dangerous when you get to the yes. playoff because Correct. like we even think like Michigan is going to lose to Georgia because SEC is better than Big Ten. Correct. Correct. Okay. I'm that. just you, you were talking about this is wild to me. This is wild to me. You were talking about how some of these coaches have only been coaches for a little bit and now they're getting these jobs. Danny Lanning, I didn't even know who the hell the guy was. And now he's the head coach at the University of Oregon. Now, Oregon's not the same as it was five years ago, six years ago, eight years ago, because everyone has the uniforms, you know, everyone has that swag. Like, I think Oregon had their time in history and kind of peaked a little bit with Chip Kelly. Now, they're not ever going to go away completely because they still have Phil Knight and Nike. But I definitely feel like they're not what they were when we were growing up. And the fact that this Dan Lanning guy, he was high school coach. And when we were in high school, Dan Lanning was coaching in high school, and now, now he's the head coach in Oregon. So I just I think that's really eye opening for Oregon too. Like once again, they're lucky they're in their Pac-12. It's garbage. But I mean, how many kids want to go to Oregon besides the Nike factor? Who the hell wants to go live in Oregon? And especially, I'm not trying to get political with people here, but you know, some of these places that if you're trying to recruit south, which is typically more of a maybe a red, more of a red you know, area, and then you're going and living in a California or an Oregon, which is complete, like, completely different. I mean, I I don't know how many parents are going to want their kids out in those areas and different stuff like that, but I'm just shocked. Like, I only put Danny Landing on this because I don't know anything about him, and I'm just like, how has it come so far that Oregon has to hire a defense? And he wasn't even a defense coordinator that long. I I think he's only been a defense coordinator like one or two years at at Georgia. So this is his third year as defensive coordinator. Is it? Yeah. It was, I 19, thought it was just, 19, 20, 21. Okay. Well, I thought it was only a second, but that it's just crazy to me. Now, Tony Elliott, I told you guys I was so happy we did not get him. But I think of Virginia, that makes sense. That makes sense in the college football world that an offensive coordinator from Clemson is taking the Virginia job because it's Virginia. They're just whatever. That makes sense to me. But even the fact that Brent Fry is going to a Virginia Tech, like that one's a little like Virginia Tech's still like a, a, a good football program. Like, and the fact that, like, I – and I'll be honest. I thought when they hired Justin Puente, I thought Virginia Tech knocked it out of the park. I thought he was going to be there 10, 12, 
15 years. He would be good. He would have some ups, but he would, you know, he'd have some good ups. He'd maybe have some downs, but they'd ride the ship and he'd have him a good program and he'd end up retiring from Virginia Tech. Now I was wrong, so we'll see what happens. But it's just weird to me that like a school like Virginia Tech and it's, it's just wild to see how it goes. Like, you know, yeah, so I, that- I, I, when you brought up Tony Elliott, like the first thing that I thought of was like, you chose Virginia over oh, us. Congratulations. Good like, job. Yeah. Way to go. Like Virginia is not even the best school in your state, in your conference. Like that would be like someone picking Vandy over Tennessee. It's like Virginia tech is better than you and historically better than you and always has been. So like to take the Virginia job, it makes no Like that literally like kind of blew my mind. But like I said in the beginning, stock is starting to fall for them. And I think it was time for them to leave. Yeah. He probably thought, yeah, he probably thought I had, he goes, you know, I got DJ coming back and like, you know, I got some of these other guys and all this different stuff, but like it, bro, I don't want like, first off, when I was here in Tony Allen last year, I was very vocal and all my buddies were too. Like no one that I'm friends with or talk with about this wanted Tony Elliott. No one wanted him because being the offense coordinator at Clemson with, with all that talent is not a difficult job. And the fact that supposedly people said he wanted to turn us down, I was like, thank God, bro, because you just effed up. You could have had, no matter how bad we've been for the past 15 years, Tennessee is still a top 12, 10, 15 job. And now you're at Virginia. So, sweet. Congratulations. You're going to get fired in three years, and you're going to be an offense coordinator again. Like, you know, so. I think it's also some coaches are scared of the SEC. Like, yeah. They're scared to be here. They're scared to go against Kirby, against Saban, against LSU and whoever. Against Vol against Vol Nation and our fans. Yeah. They're they're scared for this Vol Twitter attack that could happen on them. Um who else? I don't know if we I think we hit everybody. We even talked about James um and Dan Lanning. I I didn't say this about Dan, but like he was hired as a recruiting coordinator three times throughout his career. Um, I think if Oregon's not going to grab a head coach, like to grab the defensive coordinator of the, like, you know, everyone's saying arguably the best defense ever is like a good, you know, a good grab. I have no idea how he built be as a head coach. Cause we've talked about knowing football and knowing X's and O's does not make you a good head coach. You have to have all the other stuff, but a very interesting point is next year, 2022, First game of the season in Atlanta, Georgia plays Oregon. That's next year? Wow. September 3rd, Georgia plays Oregon in Atlanta, Chick-fil-A kickoff. They'll blast Oregon. They'll blast them. I, I, that is very interesting because I know six months after he leaves a job, he's going to remember every single yes. thing yeah. about that job. It's like yeah. – he can tell every defensive player the snap count, the plays that they're running, the blocking schemes. He can tell every offensive player how their defense is, what this guy is good at, what pass rush he uses, how you can take advantage of him. Like it, it's almost insane the coaching X's and O's advantage that he will have at Oregon over Georgia. It's like in the NFL when one team uh, cuts a guy and he's on waivers and the other team like picks him up and they're about to play the team that that week that they just they got caught from you know yeah. it's like it's like so funny like i remember that's happened a couple of times with the titans like the titans release a guy and the colts pick him up or vice versa you know it's just 
But yeah, yeah I, hey, I, just I think, tell us what you learned over there. Yeah, uh, but I'll still say this: Georgia's going to wax them because I think Georgia's just that much better of a program than Oregon is right now. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I just thought that was a very interesting point that they're yeah. actually going to play first game. But uh, all right, I think it was a great pot. I mean, we broke Dude, it all down. If y'all wild, ever want some information, we're the guys to come to. It's just a it's just a wild, wild, wild time that all these jobs are open, and I'm just sitting back like. We got our guy, and I'm happy with it, and I love it. And I'm looking down the the pew, and I'm like, "Thanks, Big Danny." Yeah, thanks, Dan. You're the man. I yeah, I cannot wait to make the thumbnail with like 11 coaches in the background, <laughs> just <laughs> just all spread out, like just our two faces on the corner. It's gonna be great. Um, so I uh, appreciate you guys watching and listening uh, to our coaching carousel talk. Um, if you're new, uh, please follow, subscribe on our YouTube, like, uh, turn on that notification bell, uh, follow on all the you know social medias we have. Twitter is at Kyler Kerbison, at rbacon26 for read, and at Believe in Tennessee for our main account. Uh, I have Instagram and Facebook at Kyler Kerbison if you can follow me there. Uh, follow us on you know all your podcast platforms. Rate and review, please, because that always helps. Uh, gets us up there and share with everybody share with your friends and family hey this is where Tennessee talk goes down these guys are gonna be going all year round every Wednesday you're getting that podcast you know we're gonna talk about football right now but we're gonna jump into basketball we'll jump into baseball we'll talk about anything that's going on with Tennessee and the SEC and the college landscape so um, let everybody know what you got going on here and uh, again appreciate you guys so much for support uh, for the comments, for the likes, and and all that good stuff. So, uh, as always, go Vols! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.